Well, good morning, everyone. We're glad you are here. Thank you for being with us, those people that are watching online and all the people here today. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful uh, time together. Uh, if you have your Bibles and get your notes out, we're going to continue on part two of the potter. And uh, the name is to my right, to your left, up there in the corner. You'll see it there. It says the potter. Sandra did a great job of uh, illustrating uh, the work that the potter does to get the clay ready and useful. And um, I decided um, Sunday night to do part two. And, and I, I don't always say this, and, but it's, it's a little odd, but really in the middle of the night, God just dropped some scriptures in my heart and we decided to call an audible. For those of you who don't know what that is, that is a college football or pro football term to Go by the seat of your pants. And so uh, <laughs> now this college football season, by the way, I had such joy yesterday afternoon. <laughs> Sitting in my wonderful couch, not having to watch bowling or skating, but for the first time in seven months, I got to spend a few minutes watching college football. I am a happy man. <laughs> so we're going to talk for just a couple minutes more about the pod and the process of what takes place. Uh, and Jeff sang about it beautifully. Sandra did a wonderful job. And we're going to look at the, uh, the potter part two and see how God is molding us and making us into his image. If you're with me, let me hear a big amen. amen. So the potter and the potter house and the potter's wheel is a beautiful symbol of how God molds us and makes us into something that is rough and filled with rocks and stones and leaves, and eventually it turns us into something really beautiful. But God also works on us as we follow him. He works on us on the go. So there are times where we're on the wheel but there's most of the time, as we are following Christ, he is molding and making us into his image. In Genesis chapter 1, the very first few words of the beginning of the Bible, it says something very interesting. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God was moving on the waters. I think that is very intentional that the first few words in Genesis chapter 1 gives us a symbol that God is on the move. If you go to Revelation chapter 22, the very end of the Bible, God continues to illustrate that he's on the move when he says, behold, I will come quickly. So, in Genesis 1, he's on the move. In Revelation chapter 22, he says, behold, I'm going to come quickly. It really speaks to a God who is continually on the move. And then right in the middle of those two verses in Genesis and Revelation, Jesus shows up with a very powerful statement. He says this, follow me. 
and I will make you fishers of men. God is always moving. And he is moving today as he did in Genesis and as he did in Revelation and through the life of Jesus, God is always on the move. And if we move with him, he will change us. See, God makes the invitation and he says, if you'll follow me, I'm going to change you. I'm going to make you. I'm going to mold you. You're going to be a different person if you follow me. And just as Sandra said a few minutes ago, the potter has that ability of, of pulling that clay closer to him, and the closer that clay is pulled to the potter, he has the ability then to mold and to make that something that piece of clay into something really, really beautiful. The potter can't fashion and form us from a distance. He needs us to follow him so that we can become fishers of men. So when I say to Mike, Mike, follow me, and I will make you into a fisher of men. <coughs> Mike's got, this is all, no, no, come, come, come. That was good. I was just getting ready to brag at you. Come, come, Mike. I was just getting ready to come, come. I was getting ready to tell you that this was not planned, and that was a perfect illustration. I can't force you. I'm not going to plead, but I'm going to give you an invitation. That if you will follow me, I will make you into fishers of men. And so now Mike has that, and hopefully Mike is following me by now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mike's got that choice, that decision to follow the potter, to follow Jesus, so that Jesus can make him into the person that God wants him to be. I'll make the same invitation to, to Hannah. Hannah. Follow me, and I'll make you into a fisher of men. And in Genesis, God was on the move. In Revelation, he's on the move. And through the life of Jesus, he's always on the move. And he's looking for people who are going to be willing to follow him. You don't have to. But when you and I make that decision as believers to follow Christ in a beautiful supernatural way, he forms us and he makes us and he shapes us into his image. Tim, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And God's on the move. And the closer we follow him, the more we are in his image and the character of Christ is transformed in our hearts and as disciples, we become like Christ when we follow him.
Okay. Follow me, and I will make you into fishers of men. What a beautiful honor it is for us as disciples to follow the creator of not only heaven and earth, but the creator of human hearts that were once filled with bitterness and anger and lust and, 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 and hanging out in the past. And as we follow Jesus Christ as his disciples, he makes us into fishers of men. And so this is my prayer for, thank you. Uh, you, you guys are doing really, really good. Hang on, Mike. We're not finished, Mike. Mike, you're rebelling. Stay with me, Mike. Pray, pray for Mike. He black, backslid. What a beautiful privilege and honor it is for us to simply follow him. And it happens naturally. It happens supernaturally. But the closer you get to him and the more you follow him, the more you become like him. Can you give these disciples a big round of applause? Good job, guys. Thank you. In Luke chapter 19, it's there in your notes. It's a story of a powerful transformation. The guy's name was Zacchaeus. He was a, a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. <laughs> Jesus was, watch this, he was on the move. Look it up. He was in Jerusalem, and he was heading to Jericho. Why? Because he's always on the move. It's a beautiful place, Jericho. It, it, it is Jerusalem is on the top of the mountain. Jericho is down in the valley, and it's filled with beautiful fruits and vegetables and flowers. And Jesus was passing through. And the Bible says something very interesting. It says that Jesus came to the spot, and he stopped. You see, God is always moving but he will stop for you and for me and for Zacchaeus. The Bible says he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus in the tree. See, Zacchaeus had been rejected. He'd been scorned. Nobody liked him. But Jesus reached a point where he wanted to change Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus' name means pure. But he wasn't pure because God has a way of naming us not as we are, but who we will be. Didn't Jesus say the pure in heart are going to see God? Zacchaeus climbed the tree so he could see God. And as Jesus was moving, the Bible says he stopped at the spot and he looked up and said, Zacchaeus. Or, in other words, 
Bob Richter in the balcony. You're now Zacchaeus. I see you. I'm stopping for you. And if you will come and follow me, I will make you into a fisher of men. And I'm hoping, Bob, you make your way down. God is never too busy not to stop for us. And for a man who was desperate for love, desperate for change, desperate to be liked, I'm glad that Jesus illustrates in Luke chapter 19 that he, although he's on the move, he's always willing to stop for us. He said to Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus is making his way down. Here he comes. Everybody give Zacchaeus a big round of applause. Come on, Bob. Sorry, Bob. You just happened to be in the balcony, buddy. Zacchaeus, today I'm, I'm coming to your house. And I know you've been scorned. I know you've... You have enemies. I know people don't like you. I know that you have been ridiculed for taking money and being rich. But today, I'm coming to your house, and I am going to begin a process in you, and I'm going to make you into the person God wants you to be. And Zacchaeus made the decision to, to let go of money, to let go of pride, to let go of ego, to let go of all the worldly things, and he made the decision, a wise decision, to come out of that tree to host Jesus in his house, and Jesus started a beautiful process of making Zacchaeus the pure one into the person that God wanted him to be. And you look it up. The Bible says that Zacchaeus followed Jesus. And he was no longer the man that he used to be. He was no longer craving money and power and influence and whatever we crave these days. He was willing to follow Jesus, and Jesus made him into the person that God wanted him to be. He changed his life, and Zacchaeus not only saw Jesus, but Zacchaeus became like Jesus because God started a beautiful work in his life. The potter started to change him, and he became a new person. I think it's interesting. Thank, thank you, Zacchaeus. I'll just have you sit right here okay. just for the next few moments, and I might use you one more time. I think it's interesting in... In my Bible, there's another story in Luke chapter 18. Now, I think it's ironic that in my Bible, on the right-hand side of my Bible, it shares the story of Zacchaeus. On the left side of my Bible, it tells a similar story with a different outcome. I don't know what translation you have. I'm reading from the NIV. And, and, and as a young man, I noticed that when I was studying the life of Zacchaeus, I then looked over to the other page, and I saw a different story with a different outcome. It's the story of the rich 
young ruler. The Bible says that he, Jesus was walking through. And he confronted a, a rich, young ruler. A young man that had power and had money and had influence. And he was doing pretty good in his own power. He said to Jesus, I don't cheat, I don't commit adultery, I don't steal, I don't kick the cat, I am doing really, really good. And Jesus looked at the rich young ruler and said this, I applaud the fact that you have kept some of these commandments. He says, but you lack one thing. And if you're willing to give up your love for money and follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And the Bible says the rich young ruler thought for a few moments and basically said to Jesus, I love my money too much. And Jesus extended him the invitation that he extended Peter and John and other disciples. And yet now this rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18, the Bible says he was unwilling to surrender his love for money. And the Bible says that he turned away sad. And guess what Jesus did? Did, did Jesus go back to the rich young ruler and say, hey, we can work out a deal. I'll have my people contact your people. And we'll do lunch. And we'll negotiate. And we'll figure this out. There's got to be an easy way. Don't, 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 please don't call rich young ruler. No. No, the Bible says that the rich young ruler left sad. You know what? You look at that word sad and you look up in the original language, it means to be sorrowful to the point of death. Hmm. His bank account was full, but his heart was empty. And Jesus kept moving. Why? Because he's a God that is moving. He's a God that is on the move. He's a God looking for people who are willing to be molded and formed and fashioned into his image. And the closer you follow him, the more you are changed. Have thine own will, Lord, have thine own will. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me while I am yielded and still. Two men, two stories, two totally different outcomes. And I'm grateful today that by the grace of Jesus Christ, 
we have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to surrender, to give up, to lose control, and to follow Jesus and let the potter make us into the people that he wants us to be. Can I get an amen? I want to read one verse of scripture to you, and then we're going to receive communion. Where's my Bible? There it is. Lost, lost my Bible. Turn to, turn in just a moment. I know we got a lot of people that are going to help out with communion. Just everyone that's helping out with communion, just wait for a second. Oh, you, you can have a seat, Randy. That's, that's fine. And then in just a moment, I'm going to release you to go, okay? Acts chapter 4, verse 13. How many want to follow Jesus and allow him to mold us and make us into his image? Can I hear an amen? amen. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. This is talking of the, the disciples. And when they saw the courage, everyone say courage, of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished, and they took note that these people had been with Jesus. I love that. Circle that word courage, when they saw the courage of Peter and John. They realized that these, these men were unschooled, ordinary men, and they were astonished. And they took note that they had been with Jesus. See, you don't have to be highly educated. You don't have to have it all together. You can be ordinary, but when you make the decision like Zacchaeus to come out of the tree and choose to follow Jesus Christ, he can take unschooled, ordinary people and make them into people that are really, really beautiful. And watch this. The Bible says people took note. Can I remind you today that people are taking note of you. They're watching you. Dads and moms, your kids are watching how you respond under pressure. Your employees are watching you when you're on the job and you profess your faith. Just like in Acts chapter 4, they're taking note. And the people of that day took note that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Peter and John had followed Jesus Christ and he was changing them. Peter and John, watch this, had been on the potter's wheel. And the potter, as he's moving through history, he's changing and molding and forming. And people could tell those two people had been with Jesus. It's a beautiful, beautiful exchange. He takes our sin, he takes our hang-ups, he takes our issues, and it's only because of the blood of Jesus Christ and his broken body on Calvary's cross that we're able to be molded and formed into the beautiful image of Jesus Christ. You know what my prayer is for you today? My prayer is that when we, by grace, allow God to form us and make us, take out the rocks and take out the leaves and take out the twigs that can only be done by the power of the Holy Spirit that when people see us, they no longer see a hunk of clay, but
but they see a beautiful masterpiece in progress. And that's only possible through the cross of Jesus Christ that changes us and makes us into his image. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, in just a moment, we are going to have communion. And all the wonderful helpers with the communion, you can now go prepare and get ready for our beautiful time. And it's going to be a little different this Sunday. Because every month we come up and we receive the Lord's Supper. We come to the table. We thank God for his body that was broken. We thank God for his blood that was shed. And we're going to do that in just a few moments. But this is what I want you to do as you come forward today in worship. As you stand, as you walk and come forward, I want this to be a profession of your faith that you are going to continue to follow Christ closely. You're going to surrender. You're going to yield. You're going to, people don't like to hear this, you're going to humble yourself and recognize that you need the grace of God to continue to work in your life. There's still some areas. There's still some rough spots. There's still some things that we need God to remove from our lives so that we can be molded into his beautiful image. So as you're coming today, this is your statement to Jesus Christ, I'm going to follow you. And I want you to make me into the person that you want me to be. Can I hear an amen? I told you I was going to, there's my Bible. I keep losing my Bible today. I want to read one more verse of scripture to you. And this is John chapter 1. Listen to this. Beautiful. To all who did receive him and to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become. Everyone say become. He gave the right to become. That word there, become, means to come into being, to come into existence, to be brought to pass. You see, it's a process. And every day you walk with him, he makes you, gives you the power to become children of God. I like that old hymn of the church. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And that happens when we follow Jesus Christ and allow him to work in our heart and our life to become all that God wants us to be.